1: undefiled. It will not fade away. It's incorruptible. It's there. The hard thing for you and I is to walk in that faith and walk in the truth of that inheritance. That you know what? It is mine. And I walk in that regardless of what the circumstances might look like around me, regardless of what I'm going through right now. I know that there is laid up for me this inheritance, And I know that the promises of God for me are real and they're true.
0: Have you ever looked at the inheritance of someone around you and become jealous? The scripture states to rejoice with those who rejoice. More importantly, did you know that in Christ you have already been given an inheritance that cannot be matched? Today, Pastor David encourages listeners of this inheritance that has been provided freely. This free gift can only be attained by faith. And that is the challenge. When life seems to show no fruit of this inheritance, will you trust the promise of it? Now here's Pastor David with today's message entitled, Call to Inheritance.
1: Ever think about the word inheritance? Now, not bringing up the idea and the thought of inheritance just because of, uh, you know, age uh, related factors or anything, but inheritance is kind of a cool word. It's kind of a, a cool understanding because inheritance not only comes to you, but that you also usually get to pass an inheritance on to a next generation, and, and an inheritance from that next generation hopefully could be passed on to the next generation. Inheritance uh, again is is a great thought. It's a great idea. It's a great word, especially when we speak about the inheritance that we receive from God. The inheritance that we receive from God is an inheritance that we can continually give away and never lose. We can continually give it out to others, and it doesn't uh, detract or lessen what we have. As a matter of fact, I believe that it increases what we have the more that we give it away. An inheritance isn't something that we earn. It's not something that uh, we deserve in any way, shape, or form. It's a promise of God that's given to us as his children. I know that we're in the book of Joshua tonight, and we're going to be in chapter 15 to begin with. But before you go to the book of Joshua, let me invite you to turn to the New Testament, to the book of 1 Peter. The book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter speaks about our inheritance as believers. We look at this and we we think about, again, this whole hope that we have we're going to find out that the word inheritance is is found in the book of Joshua that we're going to be looking at. Well, we spoke uh, over 30 times, uh, and yet some forms of it actually over 50 times in the remaining chapters in the book of Joshua, because this is what's taking place from here on out. The children are actually going in and claiming, laying hold of their inheritance. Uh, one of the things that Warren Wiersbe speaks about is the fact that the Jews jews inherited this land that they're going into they didn't win their land as the spoils of any battle they didn't purchase the land as any kind of a business transaction the lord who is the sole owner of the land actually leased the land to the jews now why would he say lease the land because it's still god's land and the jews had no right to be able to sell the land. Remember, if they sold the land, they had to get it back. It was not able to go out from underneath the different families and the tribes. This whole understanding, he said, the land must not be sold permanently. The Lord told him that. He said, because the land is mine, and you are but aliens, and you are my tenants. He tells us that in Leviticus chapter 25. Imagine having God for your landlord. Just again, the the blessing and the benefit that that would be. If you've found 1 Peter now, in chapter 1, beginning in verse 3, Peter writes these words to us. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to His abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance, incorruptible, An undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last day. I want you to take special note of the wording that Peter uses here. Peter is being led by the Holy Spirit to write these words. He's writing these things, yes, to the church of the first century, but it is just as appropriate to us in the 21st century also. The same words apply. Pay attention that phrase where he says that it's according to his abundant mercy. That's the reasoning behind the inheritance. It's because of his mercy. It's not because you and I deserve it. It's not because of anything that we've done. It's all according to his mercy. The phrase that says he has begotten us again to a living hope. Well, that speaks about the results of that inheritance. We have a living hope because we have that inheritance. That inheritance is ours. And in that, we have that living hope. Peter then declares that this was done through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And again, this is the channel. This is the process that that whole inheritance becomes available to us. So what is the status of our inheritance? It says that it's incorruptible. He says that it's undefiled. He says it doesn't fade away. He says that it's reserved in heaven for us. It's there. It's not going to change. It's the hope that we can have and we stand for in all of our life, no matter what the situation in our life. And sometimes during our life, things happen in our life and we wonder, wow. And are we ever going to be able to really see the fulfillment of what God wants in our life? Am I ever really going to be able to enter into the fullness of the promise that he has for me? It's not just the idea of of eternity, but it's the reality that even right now we can walk in the truth of that inheritance. Peter gives us that assurance that, that this inheritance will be ours, again, as we continue to walk in the Lord, as we continue to trust him. And again, it's not up to us to hold on to it, It's given to us, he says, who to those who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Kept by the power of God. I don't know about you, but I'm really glad that it's kept by his power, not my power. You know, because my power, I'm going to slip. It's going to go right through my hands, uh, time after time after time. It is the power of God that holds this for us. And our faith and our trust in God, we begin seeing that. We begin walking in the reality and the truth of it. And again, you might be living your life right now. You're wondering, hey, where is this inheritance I'm supposed to have as a believer? Well, I've got some good news for you, and I've got some bad news for you, okay? The, The good news is... It's not all over yet, okay? So we may be walking in things right now, and we're wondering, wow, when's this going? Hey, it's not over. It's not over. This isn't the last chapter. There's more that he's going to be doing in your life. That's the good news. Now, here's the bad news. It's not all over yet, okay? There's things that are going to be going on in your life and my life, too, that, again, we need to hold on to that hope. We need to hold on to that faith in order that we might walk in what is ours, The inheritance is ours. It's kept by the power of God. It's given to us through the assurance of the resurrection of Christ. It's undefiled. It will not fade away. It's incorruptible. It's there. The hard thing for you and I is to walk in that faith and walk in the truth of that inheritance. That, you know what, it is mine, and I walk in that. Regardless of what the circumstances might look like around me, regardless of what I'm going through right now, I know that there is laid up for me this inheritance, and I know that the promises of God for me are real and they're true. In other words, none of us have arrived yet. None of us have. There's still going to be battles uh, as we press in to that fullness of the promises of God in our lives. If you look at that passage there in 1 Peter, if we look at the balance of that, you'll see what Peter says about it. In verse 6, he says, In this you greatly rejoice. What are we greatly rejoicing in? Well, that we have this inheritance that's held by God, that, that is ours. Okay? He says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now, maybe for a little while... If need be, you've been grieved by various trials. I think every one of us, and maybe some of you, even right now tonight, you're going through some various, maybe even some grievous trials. He says, we go through these various trials that the genuineness of our faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Let me put it to you this way. Every one of us, it's only by faith that we live. It's only by faith that we really have our being. It's only by faith that we believe that Christ died for our sin, that eternity waits for us. It is only by faith. None of you have a gold placard, uh, you know, signed by God, uh, by the hand of God on your wall or any place that says, hey, here it is. No, it's by faith. I mean, yes, we have the Word of God and we can stand on the Word of God and the Word of God has been tested and tried, it's been found true, but beloved, it is by faith. It is by faith. We live every day by faith and sometimes, sometimes it's easier to live by faith than others okay? Sometimes our faith is stretched to the max, sometimes through various trials. But he says we go through those trials as a testing of our faith, uh, to find that genuineness of our faith. Let's face it, if if my bank accounts are all balanced, if my, my health is great and my Kids are fine, and my wife loves me, and dinner's on the table at 5 o'clock, and my car is working, and the sun is shining, or uh, it's a cloudy day, depends upon what you like. You know, if everything is working wonderful for you, it's kind of easy to have faith. Yes, there's a God. Thank you, God, for just the beauty of everything. But what happens if everything is like, take the phrase, is going down the toilet, okay? What happens if everything in your life is just spinning out of control? That's when it becomes hard to have faith. But beloved, that's where our faith is really tested. That's where, that's where it's made real. That's real deal, faith. That when things are going bad, yes, I still believe that God is in control. I still believe that God loves me. I still believe that His promises... Are true, and that they are mine, I still believe that outside of all of this that i 'm walking in, that God is working and moving in my life for the greater glory. I still believe that all things do work together for good, to those that love Him, to those that are called according to His purpose. All things working together for the good that 's when our faith is tested and tried. When we look at the children of Israel as they 're pressing into the promised land and there 's giants and there 's wall cities and there 's battles and there 's fights and there 's difficulties that's when the faith in that promise that God says, you go forward in faith, you go forward trusting me, and I'll defeat the enemy for you. Well, when the enemy is facing you, and he's got the swords and the spears and the bazookas and everything pointed right at you, it's kind of hard at that point in time to say, okay, God, I'll go forward, I'll continue to move forward. But, beloved, that's what faith is. That's the reality and the truth of what faith is. He says in this, though now we do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The end of our faith? You know why the end of our faith, the salvation of our souls? is because when it's all over, you won't need faith anymore. It'll be done. When when it's all over, we'll see face-to-face. We'll be there. We won't need faith because then it will be the reality that we live in. Right now, though, we live with a great need of faith. You and I, we can rejoice in the knowledge of the inheritance that is ours in Christ, yet we also know that for a little while, there's still going to be trials. And these trials come as that test, that test of the genuineness of our faith, that all our life might be lived to the praise and the honor and the glory of Jesus Christ. And so now as we live our life in faith, we're able to live it with that reality of joy inexpressible, full of glory. And all of this because we're living today in this full assurance of faith, knowing that the results or that the end of our faith is the salvation of our souls. So we have this inheritance that's ours. It remains ours. It was given and it's held for us by God. It's not going to fade away. It's not going to become defiled. And though we have trials right now, we know that the inheritance still is ours. And like the children of Israel, we need to press into and we need to live in the fullness of that promise, even though circumstances around us are screaming out at us to not have faith and did not trust God. As the children of Israel came to that point of dividing the land, which we're going to be looking at here, they saw the giants that were still in the land. They saw walled cities that were still in the land. They began moving, though, in the fullness of the promise of God, and God gave them victory after victory. And yet, even in the midst of that, as we're going to see tonight, there are some places where they stopped short of the fullness of victory. They moved into the land, they got comfortable where they were, they got weary in fighting, whatever the case might be, but they did not fulfill the completeness of apprehending the promise of God in their lives. So finish with Peter, look with me now in Joshua chapter fifteen. We look at the beginning of the division. we look here in chapter fifteen. And he says, and so this was the lot of the tribe of the children of Judah. The tribe of Judah. David came from the tribe of Judah. Jesus was from the lineage of the tribe of Judah. And here we see the division for the people of Judah. Again, the, the border of Edom at the wilderness of Zin. Judah is uh, probably the largest uh, land mass as far as the inheritances that, that were given there on the southern part of Israel. Right in the middle of Judah is also Simeon's, the tribe of Simeon. And the layout for Simeon isn't real clear, but we do know that it kind of incorporated in the same place where Judah did in Eventually, Simeon almost got just swallowed up in Judah. Now we're not going to walk through all of these cities, but again, just to kind of speak about the border of Edom at the wilderness of Zen southward was the extreme southern boundary. It went all the way down. To the area of Egypt. And it went all the way north to just almost right straight across from the northern tip of the Dead Sea. And we see this from the western shores of the Dead Sea all the way over to the Mediterranean. This was the land of Judah. And we see again how God has used this. Verse 12 says, the west border was the coastline of the Great Sea. The Great Sea is the Mediterranean Sea. This is the boundary of the children of Judah all around according to their families. And you might think, well, how come you get such a big part? And, you know, you might be uh, somebody like uh, one of the others, Dan, or, or Benjamin, and say, I've got such a little part, and you've got, you know what? The blessings of God and the work of God in your life is none of my business, okay? It's just reality of truth. What God is doing, we ought to, again, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. We ought to be able to see, you know what, God, I want you to be working with. What is the story, would remember when Jesus had uh, risen from the dead before he ascended and he went out and met the disciples on the seashore, had breakfast for them there, and started telling Peter about what's going to happen in Peter's life? What was Peter's main concern? He turned around and says, yeah, but what about John? And what did Jesus tell Peter? He says, you don't worry about John. you got enough to take care of yourself. What is it to you if I let John live until I come again? And beloved, when I look at this division of lands and relate it to, again, God's work in each one of our lives, I realize God's doing something totally different in your life than he is in mine. And yet we ought to be able to stand and rejoice together in what God is doing. And when there's issues and troubles and trials in each other's lives, we ought to be like the children of Israel, man. As they're coming to grab that land, they're all fighting together to do it. It's not just one tribe that's doing it. They're working together to do it. We come to verse 13, and we realize here here's Caleb again. And for Caleb... Now, he uh, says in verse 13, Now to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he was given a share among the children of Judah, according to the commandment of the Lord, to Joshua, namely, Kirjath Arba, which is Hebron. Arba was the father of Anak. Uh, remember who Anak was? He was a giant. Caleb drove out the three sons of Anak from there, Shishai, Heman, and Talmai, the children of Anak. Then he went up from there to the inhabitants of Debir. Formerly, the name of Debir was Kirjath Sefer. And you say, well, what's that all about? There were giants in the land. Caleb knew that there were giants. He asked for the land anyway. And so what did he do? He pursued and he obtained the promise of God, and God drove these giants out. It says that Caleb drove them out, but we know from everything that we've seen is that God was fighting for Caleb. God was fighting before Caleb. God was driving the enemy out before Caleb. And so in verse 16, Caleb said, He who attacks Kirjath Sephir and takes it To him, I'll give Aksha my daughter as wife. Now, you think, okay, now if you go up and you fight my other enemy for me, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe at this point in time Caleb's getting a little bit older, and he says, hey, you know, if one of you guys will take care of this for me, I've got my, um, I've got my daughter here. Or, maybe he was just looking for somebody who was brave, bold, and faithful, to appoint his daughter to, or direct his daughter to. And so he says, whoever does this, she'll get my daughter as a wife. Um, and apparently she was worth having because someone did that. Uh, <laughs> verse 18, he who attacks kiriath and takes it to him, I will give actually my daughter as wife. And so Othniel, the son of Canaz, the brother of Caleb, took it. And you say the brother. He was one of his relatives, and just, the, again, the way it is, not the uncle marrying the uh, niece. The brother of Caleb took it, and he gave him Aksha, his daughter, as wife. Now it was so when she, his daughter, came to him that she persuaded him to ask her father for a field. And so she dismounted from her donkey, and Caleb said to her, "'What do you wish?' And she answered, "'Give me a blessing.'" Since you've given me land in the south, give me also springs of water. So he gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. So what's the importance of that? Caleb received an inheritance from the Lord. And from that inheritance, he was able to bless his daughter. And you know what? Because his daughter was blessed, his daughter's family was blessed. What are you doing with the inheritance that God has given you? I'm not talking about land. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about your relationship with Christ. Your relationship with Christ. Are you passing on that inheritance to the next generation? You've been blessed in order to be a blessing. And again, beloved, the message of Christ can die in one generation. And if we fail to impact the next generation, that following generation is nearly without hope. We are called, man, in the blessings that are ours. And even as Caleb, you want that, honey? Absolutely. Let me give this to you. I'm passing on my blessing to you. And I look at this, and I understand, yeah, for the blessings that we have, the promises that we have in the Lord, we ought to be sharing these. We ought to be demonstrating these and living these before our children, before our grandchildren, and passing on this inheritance just as Caleb did. We look down, and in the following verses, verses 20 on through 61, we're going to see that, again, these are just a bunch of the cities that are there in the land of Judah, from verses 20 to 61. I want you to jump down with me to verse 63, though. It says, As for the Jebusites, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the children of Judah could not drive them out. But the Jebusites dwell with the children of Judah at Jerusalem to this day. Open our
0: us from by the open word. Most of us have heard the story of the walls of Jericho falling down. We remember this story from Sunday School. This is just one of many events David will be bringing fresh insights to as we study the book of Joshua together. We're sure today's message has been a blessing to you. Maybe you'd like to get a copy of today's message. Here's Tracy with all the information you need.
1: Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God by hearing from Him. To hear more encouraging words from God's Word through the ministry of Pastor David, go to TheOpenWord.com and click on the teachings page.
0: Thanks, Tracy. Again, to secure your own copy of today's message, simply log on to TheOpenWord.com and select the teachings page. You can also give us a call if you'd like. That number to call is 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Another option to get in touch with us is to send us an email. Our email address is info at theopenword.com. Once again, you've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry of Calvary Chapel in Casa Grande, Arizona. In the next edition of The Open Word, David will continue teaching through the Word of God. So please make plans to join us again, and may God richly bless you. More and more like you as we die to you.